This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome. You're here live with Dr. Jeff, where we're here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. We're here for you. We're here for your pets. Anything you want to ask me, now is your chance. Free advice. I mean, come on. You can't beat free advice. You have questions. Those burning questions. Something happened this week with your pet, and you went to your doc. Or worse yet, you couldn't get into your doc because they say, oh, no, we're waiting. Our, our wait list is now three weeks. We Oh, we can see you at the end of August. Well, that's not good enough. So uh, if you want some help now, here's the best way to get it. You can go on to PetLifeRadio.com. You click on Shows. Scroll down to Ask the Vet with Dr. Jeff, and there will be a link, a Zoom link there for you to just click on it, and you can join us here live. And uh, that is the best way. Look, this is telemedicine at its finest. When you think about it, you know, people, you know, telemedicine was, you know, we started, we started our platform, AirVet, and um, people saying, or these doctors, oh, well, we don't, we know, we can't do tell, we don't do I said, doc, let me ask you a question. Have you ever gotten that message note at the end of the day by your receptionist and you know, all these clients that call during the day, you're going to call them back, you're sitting at your phone and you're making your callbacks? They go, yeah, of course. That's telemedicine. It's the same thing. The difference is now we get to do it live video and uh, you're giving advice and you're talking to your clients. Sometimes you're going to help them and they won't have to come in. Sometimes you're going to tell them, okay, come on in. We need to see you. It's the same thing. Airbet does the same thing, except you, doc, don't have to be there 24-7. So for all of you out there whose doctors do not want to be on 24-7, unlike me, because <laughs> I am on 24-7, at least you will be covered, their patients will be covered, and uh, so the, anything they want to know will get the help. And if it's something that's an emergency, you know, one thing is interesting that I've done over 3,000 virtual visits on AirVet, and I say I have sent maybe, maybe 50, just my arm 60, to an emergency clinic. That tells you that most emergencies are not. And, and to go to the emergency clinic, besides waiting, besides spending two to three times as much as you would with your regular doc, if you had a professional there to tell you online, a veterinarian, that no, you could try this, try that, but certainly you can wait till tomorrow. Uh, if it gets worse, call me back, uh, but you can probably wait till tomorrow and see a regular vet and it'll cost you a fraction of what it would and it wouldn't take you as much time sitting in a waiting room wondering as they're doing triage and you think you're next in line, all of a sudden that hit by car comes in bleeding all over the place and now you have to wait even longer. So that's just the way it works. And uh, that's why if you can avoid the emergency room just, just like with us. If you can avoid an emergency room, do your best to avoid it. Anyway, here we are on August 1. I can't believe, believe it's August already. So loving to peruse the news, Pet Life Radio. So I go on to the AVMA Smart Brief. We go to Newstat by the American Animal Hospital Association. And any alerts we get, uh, there's a lot going on we're going to talk about at the end of the show called leptospirosis. It's a, not a new disease, but boy, our attitudes are changing now about lepto. And we'll get to that towards the end of the show. Anyway. Sunshine Mills. I know Sunshine Mills. Why? Because years ago when I was working with Lassie and we had, uh, we had a pet food, we put Lassie's pet food out and who made it? Sunshine Mills. So I know the company pretty well. And anyway, six of their brands, fortunately, Lassie wasn't one of them. I've been recalled because of aflatoxins. Aflatoxins are toxins. They sometimes come from mold. You know, when you have that smell that, you know, maybe it's a little rancid. Triumph Wild Spirit. So I'm going to mention the names, the six brands. If you have them, you need to send them back. Contact Sunshine Mills. Uh, they will refund your money and or get you one of their other brands that, that did not have the aflatoxin problem. But Triumph Wild Spirit, Evolve Classic, Super, Wild Harvest, Premium 
Nerdive Farms Natural, Heart to Tail, Pure Being, and Elm Pet Food Naturals. Now, one thing this also tells me, and this is nothing new. I'm sure a lot of you out there already suspected this. But when you have these companies that are putting out all these kind of weird name brands, do you really think the basic food is that different? I'm sure they're at least getting much of their ingredients from the same batch. And that's how that six of the brands ended up with aflatoxin toxicity. So you know that don't be fooled by the, the bag, the picture, because so much of the stuff is basically the same stuff being repackaged. And, uh, you know, just don't kid yourself. Uh, look at the ingredients. And if it's not every ingredient, it's the bulk of the ingredient or it's exactly the same, probably from the same batch. And that's why this stuff happens. So because here we are, August, I mean, summertime's been going now for a while. And we're going to see this hot weather through September, uh, at least here in LA, it's, it's to the end of September. So you talk about cooling a hot dog. And I don't mean the kind of hot dog you eat on the barbecue. I mean a hot dog. One of your dogs that is too hot, running around outside in the sun, no shade, being locked up in a park car. I mean, well, this just happened to us this week. So a woman, a client drives up in her car and um, she somehow, and I couldn't do this in my car. A lot of cars, you can't do it. You can't lock a car if the key's in it. Just won't do it. But this was an older car and she accidentally locks the dog in a car. She just ran in to pick up some medication. So she was like, literally, normally it would be, it was waiting for up front. It would have been less than 60 seconds. But the car locked behind her. She goes to the car. She can't open it because guess what? She sees the keys in the car. So now she's panicking. It's it's hot and no spare key. So we didn't have a hanger. We couldn't figure out how to do it. So sure enough, we called AAA. They said it would be an hour. Well, fortunately, there was a AAA guy right nearby who happened to hear that it was about a dog being locked in a car. He took a detour. He had that door open in two seconds flat. So just so you know out there, don't keep your valuables locked in a car and say to yourself, oh, don't worry, I'm locking the car. If a AAA guy can do it, anybody can do it. In fact, I even said that we should call somebody who maybe has a wrap and, and say, hey, would you help us break into this car here? So anyway, uh, fortunately, the dog got out. Everything was fine. So um, how do you know? Well, first of all, things that include, A, it's hot. It's in the middle of the day. They're not in shade. They're panting excessively. Sometimes look at their tongue. If their tongue kind of like, turns like a deeper, a darker color, they're not getting enough oxygen. That is definitely a sign. So, and the tricks to cooling them down when they are overheated, but I mean, you gotta, first of all, whatever exercise you're doing, you gotta stop and find shade immediately. You wanna cool them down, but interestingly, you do not wanna cool them down too fast. That's not good. So you, in other words, to submerge them in cold water, that not a good idea. You wanna use just like basically tepid tap water. I mean, just normal temperature and do it slowly. You can do it with the feet. Sometimes people some advocate um, taking some alcohol and rubbing it on the pads. Why? Because there's a lot of heat exchange that's going in through the pads, which is why also that when the pavement is very hot, besides the fact that it can burn the pads, those pads absorb a lot of that heat. So hot pavement is a no-no. And that's why we often tell people that if you live in areas that are like in the South, where it's really hot and humid, and now the sun's down, it's eight o'clock, it's a little more comfortable for you, but don't kid yourself, that pavement is still really hot. So if you if that's the time of day, which is the smart, smarter time of day to go out and exercise with your pets, what you want to do is you want to get some booties, some pads for the feet. There are a lot of things that you can uh, do that, that could help. So just be smart about that. So, and again, we've talked about it a million, zillion times. No park cars. Don't even kid yourself. Don't say, oh, God, I'm in the shade or it's in a parking structure and I'm leaving the windows cracked. That's not good enough because just the dog panting alone and their 102 degree body heat 
coming out into this closed and closed car, even if the windows are cracked, that car can reach temperatures of over, well over 100 degrees, 114, 115 degrees within 10 minutes. So uh, it is very, very dangerous. So this is also that, just so you know, there's a story that came out. How many of you had a difficult time getting an appointment with your veterinarian? I mean, I hear it all the time. Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, when it's my clients and they're having to wait in a waiting room, it's not very fortunate. But I never say no. And I'm not going to say to somebody whose dog has been vomiting, oh, I'm sorry, we can't... Uh, we can't see you until, until August 27th. I mean, that's insane. Or how about the, you get a new pup and it's, it's got some new pup problem. It's got some diarrhea, it's coughing. And they say, oh no, we, we're, we're not accepting new clients. That is insane. Veterinarians, I'm telling you, I don't know where they got their business sense, but uh, they didn't learn from me, that's for sure. But so the tough thing in your vet. So this is, this is basically an across the board shortage. But one of the reasons is it's not really, it's, it's staffing. It's not the fact just that so many people went out and got dogs during COVID. So many of you have a little more time. And now with the Delta variant, you might be back to uh, spending more time at home, noticing things, and you want to get to the vet. But the problem is, there is right now, even though three or four new vet schools opened up in the last couple of years, there is a shortage of veterinarians and veterinary techs. And I know this because we're trying to hire a new tech. And you just, it's not about money. They're just, they're just not available. So anyway, we're getting in just so you know, it's not just the, the COVID issue. It's really, I mean, it's, it is more than that. It is the fact that there is a shortage. So if you are, know anyone who really loves animals and, you know, there are vet tech programs and I mean, it's a little too late maybe for many of you to, to go to vet school, but you should have done what I did 40 years ago. That's going to vet school. Because, you know, veterinarians are now, we're having it pretty good when it, uh, we think about, you know, the business side of medical practice, medical doctors with fighting with the insurance, they are not enjoying it. Like I have a lot of friends and family members that are medical doctors. Don't get me wrong. They love medicine. They have no you know, regrets about choosing medicine, but they're not happy with what's happening in the business side of medicine. And uh, it's too bad because, uh, you know, it, it sort of soils them a little bit. So you've heard the adage, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Well, anyway, that is really holds true with your pets. So just understand that we always talk about preventive medicine, besides the fact that it's so much better for your pet, but it is so much less expensive. Don't wait. I had an animal coming the other day. It was a 10-year-old dog who had terrible teeth. And I mean, obviously, they had not, I asked them, have they ever gotten the teeth clean? And the answer was no. That's a problem. And then as I said to them, look, we need to do a full blood panel and urinalysis, maybe even x-rays, because even if you came in here with a 10-year-old dog that was perfect, did not have a dental problem, everything was good, I would still recommend this. Why? Because your dog is 10. That's like a person who's 65, 70. And um, you're not going to wait and wait and wait to in order to, uh, to, to wait until there's a problem. You need to take care of these things in advance. And by doing that, you need to stay on top of basic, basic care, basic preventive medicine. If you catch a problem early because you took your dog in or your cat in or your pet in and the doctor did an exam or did a blood test and found something that just wasn't right, okay, they can now start treating it or working it up now. That's going to be a lot less expensive than whatever this problem is. It starts growing. It starts um, uh, affecting other organs. And before you know it, you have a, an animal who's really shut down. So the keys are early diagnosis, early treatment is paramount. And of course, can increase the likelihood of successful outcome. And, and most, well, I think that's most important, but for important for many of you is it's a lot less expensive. So do that. So uh, noise anxiety, 
uh, different enjoys. According to this is Dr. Karen overall. Uh, Karen is a board certified veterinary behaviorist at Atlanta College, Veterinary College in Canada. And um, basically, this is so interesting. There seems to be what they believe is a congenital hereditable component to anxiety, noise anxiety in dogs. So that means that when you have a dog and that dog sires another dog and your dog, the sire, the dad or the mom has exhibited signs of noise phobias, noise anxiety, that there's a, there is likelihood that some of those puppies will also exhibit those signs. So what she recommends now, because knowing that there might be a hereditary component to this, that when you notice this, if you get a dog and a young dog, you rescue something and all of a sudden the, the construction going on next door or the first thunderstorm or, or around 4th of July, and you notice these noise phobias, okay, it would be critical then to make sure to get to them as soon as you can. There are medicines out there. There's, there are treatments out there that could help. And uh, because what will happen is it is only going to get worse. It's going to advance. So things like, you know, the, the fitted shirts, the calm vests, the medications that are that the sedatives, uh, Cilio, for example. I mean, there are a lot of things out there, but the key really is you want to start managing them sooner than later. And again, that will uh, help a lot. So before we go on to two more stories, and then I want to talk about Lepto, uh, it's time for our break. So we're going to uh, don't go away. We'll be right back and be sure messages. And as I said, leptospirosis, it's been a shocker to me. I'm, I'm hearing stories about it. I'll explain more about it when we come back. So we'll see you back here in just a minute here on Fat Life Radio's Ask the Best, Dr. Jeff. Don't go away. So, you know, I'm always perusing what's going on in the pet world and I attend all the pet conferences. I came across a company I really like called Carlson Pet Products. It's family owned, very affordable stuff, and they specialize in creating pet safety products to keep your pets, you know, happily protected from the puppy stage all the way through their senior years. And they have tons of products. They have pet pens and folded elevated pet beds. They have crates, pet gates, etc. And um, I love their portable pens. First of all, they're very lightweight. You can fold them up. They have a little carry bag for storing. So they're really so convenient for you to use. You can use them for at home. You can use them for traveling. Or let's say you're just heading someplace down the street and you want to keep them protected. I think it's great. So the pet pens come in two sizes. You have a six panel and an eight panel. And so basically you get ample room to explore and you can add also an attachable canopy. So it creates like a shaded area to protect them from the sun. So for more information, you can visit them at carlsonpetproducts.com. You'll get 25% off the order plus free shipping. If you use the promo code PETLIFE, that's P-E-T-L-I-F-E. You're going to love them. For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends, leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet, Dr. Julianne Corbin calls attention to the difficulties unique to the loss of a beloved pet and provides an interactive and compassionate guide to help you process your loss and work towards coming to a place of peace and healing. For those interested in journal therapy and looking for a professionally written and compassionate resource to help understand and reconcile the grief associated with the loss of your pet, this book is for you. And I Love You Still, 
A Thoughtful Guide and Remembrance Journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio's Asset. That's Dr. Jeff. I had a chance to uh, answer some questions for some of uh, our audience out there on Instagram Live. And I uh, love that, by the way. I love, keep the questions coming. If they don't get to you, then we will, um, we will send them to me, a direct uh, message, and I will get back to you. Anyway, so this really is nothing uh, new to me, but there were studies that confirm that uh, physical rehab can improve basically a dog's quality of life. So what I mean is when you see that dog or even cat that is slowing down, age-related, coming back, uh, f- coming back after surgery, and they're just uh, taking a while, like an orthopedic surgery, rehab is really critical. And I'm, there are many, many things that we do. There are actually centers now that are rehab centers. We're employing or owned even by veterinarians that are certified in canine a re- an animal rehabilitation. So it's something that don't stuff off. I mean, a lot of times they don't need it. A lot of this stuff we can do at home. I make suggestions all the time. But, you know, things like laser, cold laser, things like whirlpool massage, things like swimming. They have water therapy where they are they're put on a harness. They remain even more buoyant and they actually can walk in water, but you have a lot of the resistance is taken off the leg. It's just like when you when I when I had shoulder surgery, because I tore my rotator cuff in a zillion places, um, I went in for physical therapy. Because these experts really know what exercises, what you could do, what you shouldn't do, what kind of strain you should put on, when, how soon or long after surgery should you be doing these things. It's the same thing with animal rehab. So animal rehab is something that you definitely should consider. Talk to veterinarian about it. And I said, I guarantee, especially if you're in a a larger uh, market, uh, there are going to be animal rehab centers where you can go to help your pets and, um, and of course, medication helps as well. Uh, I, I love Adequin. You know, one of the oldest, you know, PSP, it was, it's a polysulfated glycose aminoglycans. We call it a PSGAG. So it's a lot easier to say PSGAG than polysulfated glycose aminoglycans. Anyway, the first one was Adequin. Adequin was used intraarticularly, meaning injected into the joints of horses. And now we start using it intramuscularly in dogs. And then there's all the newer ones out there that are, by the way, very good, but oral meds, uh, the, the, the same things, the polysulfated glycosaminic glycans, the chondroprotectins, they protect the joint, that sort of adequate, I just said fell out of favor, just wasn't used as much because it, it requires an injection. The dog has to come into the vet, et cetera. So I was at a conference a couple of years ago at, in Florida at the now called VMX. It was the NABC, the North American Veterinary Conference. And I went to an orthopedic talk. I was uh, being uh, uh, given by a uh, faculty member at, at University of Florida. And he was working at the time with the you know, racing dogs. And um, he says that, remember that stuff we used to use years ago, that adequate? He says, well, you need to go is you need to find it somewhere in your cabinets, wipe off the cobwebs and start using it again. Because, And he's right. It is still one of the best things out there. And I just used it on a dog the other day who had a degenerative myelopathy. It's not going to fix the myelopathy, but it was an older dog, obviously, Shepherd Cross, that also had a lot of joint issues just because it was a shepherd in an age. And so gave it adequate, and the dog improved dramatically because it did nothing for the DM, the degenerative myelopathy. Unfortunately, there's no treatment for that, at least not that I know of or not a good one. 
I had a client once that spent thousands of dollars, tried everything. She went online, all these stuff, these home remedies, these remedies, and nothing helped. So it's, it's a degenerative nerve disease. And maybe stem cell could help. I don't know. But I have not read or heard anything that really helps. But as far as the other ancillary problems this dog had, uh, it was very beneficial. And then the last story, again, is sort of new light being shed on something we've learned over the last year and a half, and that's the importance of hand washing. Not, not necessarily because of COVID. I mean, now with the Delta variant, yes, you should probably go back to doing it. And I'm going out, I'm wearing masks again. Fortunately, not here in my own home. But the importance of hand washing is there are a number of diseases, and we've learned this with regards to COVID too, that are called zoonotic diseases. Zoonotic diseases are diseases that, that we get from animals. And it's very important to know that there are certain ways to help prevent the transmission. You know, one that, that I'm sure you've all heard of is Giardia, right? Giardia is. So that is a, a disease. It's a parasite, a protozoan parasite, a flagellate that attacks. It's a flagellate, actually, that attacks the GI tract, causes diarrhea. And so a dog has it, and then you're not careful. You clean up. You, know, they, you touch their butt or they lick, they lick you after licking their own butt. And then you, you, know, you touch your face and then you make your sandwich and then you eat your sandwich. And before you know it, you have Giardia too. A lot of diseases and some are the very serious. We talked years ago about Capnocytophaga, which is that parasite. It's, it's a bacterium that caused this guy to have both his arms and legs amputated because of this very, very aggressive bacterium that takes advantage of people that are immunosuppressed or either because of a disease or because they're on immunosuppressive drugs. It hasn't stopped me from getting licked in the face, but fortunately my immune system is pretty good. So, uh, but anyway, it just shows you there are conditions and diseases out there that are potentially dangerous to us and started as animal diseases. And those are zoonoses. Anyway, some of the parasites, like, you know, we, we talk about some of the roundworms in this country, or, you know, my daughter had neurocystis And so these are all diseases that, you know, literally start, that was, that was a tapeworm. And uh, so there are many, many things out there that we can, uh, that we end up inadvertently transmitting to each other or to others because of poor sanitation. So wash those hands after you touch your dog, after you make your food, or you're petting your cats, toxoplasmosis with cats. Oh my God, terrible, terrible, terrible diseases for, un, for, for developing fetuses. So these are things you have to be careful about. Anyway, lepto, lepto, speaking of zoonotic diseases, speaking of bacteria, leptospirosis is a bacterium and it is prevalent in a lot of rodents. It's prevalent in, in rats and mice in skunks and raccoons and opossums, even deer and wolves. And what happens is they, it comes in their urine and even their feces, mostly urine. So they're out, they're urinating. And where do they urinate? They urinate on green areas. They'll urinate in, in, into water and streams. And then your dog comes around or you and drinks from that stream. And you end up getting leptospirosis. Uh, it is very serious. It is a disease that really seems to attack the kidneys. And these dogs can get very, very sick. You can get very, very sick uh, with kidney disease, sometimes even kidney failure. So it's one of those diseases we think about. And now, so what's happening is, you know, well, I'm, I'm a big fan of vaccine, but I'm also a bigger fan of not vaccinating unnecessarily. So if a disease is not prevalent in my area where I'm in Los Angeles, I'm not going to vaccinate against it. If my cats and I have five are indoor only, I'm not going to vaccinate against rabies or leukemia because guess what? They're not going to get it. 
So I give them more vaccines, especially vaccines that can cause feline vaccine-induced sarcoma. So these, these diseases that, that, these vaccines that actually can cause a tumor. So why would I risk a cat that's not going to get the disease to that? Or coronavirus and not the COVID-19 coronavirus. I'm talking about good old-fashioned corona. That's like a 24-hour stomach flu in a dog. They get diarrhea for like a day and then it's over with. Do I want to waste a vaccine and a vaccine reaction on something that when the vaccine is worse, the reaction, potential reaction is worse than the disease itself, I'm not going to give it. So let's talk lepto. Lepto, as I just said, we usually see it in areas where people are hiking in the mountains and streams and forests. You're not going to see it in the streets of Los Angeles. So if you have a dog that doesn't frequent any of those places, then I would not recommend Lepto. And I, and I haven't for years. In fact, you can get a DA2P, P, distemper, parvo adenotype 2, parvo parainfluenza, or you can get a DA2PPL with the Lepto. But I choose to have Lepto in my hospital is the separate Lepto vaccine. It's got all four common serovars. It is very effective, but I'd only give it to those dogs that were at risk. Well, now we're hearing stories of dogs that are playing in a parks in Santa Monica and coming down with Lepto. And we know there's a huge rat population. And then since it's summertime, the parks are being watered. So between the combination of the, the urine and now the water and the runoff, that urine with the Lepto bacteria is not sitting in the one spot where you have to, the dog would have to get to that spot. Now the entire grass area is getting contaminated. So we are now starting, I'm starting to uh, give the Lepto vaccine and recommending it. I mean, now, if there's a, a dog, like if you're in the middle of New York City and that dog is never leaving the, the 30th floor of that apartment building, uh, it goes out in the balcony, it's trained to go on, uh, it doesn't need Lepto vaccine. But otherwise, if your dog is going outside, frequencies areas that are well, like large lawns, a dog park, any kind of park that is being watered, and there are some rodents because we see a lot of skunks. We see a lot of squirrels, right? We see uh, a lot of raccoons in my area even. So now I'm changing my tune. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. And we are starting to recommend uh, Lepto vaccine more frequently than I have in the past. In fact, as a matter of fact, I do have to, have to go order more Lepto because uh, people are hearing this. We're getting calls. I've been getting calls because it's hitting the news. So I've been getting calls like almost every day about Lepto vaccine. And I'm having people come in for their uh, Lepto vaccine. So Anyway, leptospirosis, talk to your veterinarian about it. If you're getting it now, that's great. But if you're not, and you're finding out that your pet may be at risk, it might be something you want to add to their vaccine. So uh, anyway, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio and on Instagram Live. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can always, there's so many ways to reach me. You can reach me at jeff at airvet.com, Jeff at petliferadio.com. Here on Instagram under, it's like uh, worbs underscore DVM. Oh, by the way, Worms that came from, just so you know, people ask me, why Worms? Worms was my nickname since I was a little kid. I was in elementary school, in camp. I was Worms. Everybody had a nickname. My nickname was Worms. And then, so for Father's Day, and I had my, in fact, my first license plate back in 1970, oh my God, that's pretty scary, was Worms. Yeah, I still, I still have the license plate. Anyway, so many years ago, five, six years ago, my son, Brandon, my CEO of AirVet, who's a, a whiz kid, he is a Father's Day gift, got me Dr. Worms. So my license plate now is Dr. Worbs. And uh, so anyone who knows, knows me, knows me as Worbs. And now I'm, uh, I, finally, I finally made it. I'm Dr. Worbs. What can I tell you? Anyway, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you here next week. Um, any subject matter, anything you want me to talk about on the show, please get a hold of me. Let me know. And we'll uh, talk about it next week or a week thereafter. And if you uh, know anybody who'd be a good guest for our show, anybody in the animal world that might be a good guest for my show, please let me know who they are and I'll contact them 
And I, that's how we have another guest. I think uh, it's fun to have guests if you guys learn a whole lot more. Anyway, have a good week. We'll see you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.